All right, take your Bibles tonight and turn to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3 is where we'll be. Our text verse tonight will be uh, verse 8, but we'll start in verse 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother, the minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and you know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. But now, when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the good songs that we've already heard. And Lord, we're thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ tonight that does cleanse us from sin and Lord saves us tonight. The Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And God, we thank you for that precious blood of Jesus Christ, which saves us. Now, I just pray as we uh, look upon your word for a few moments this evening that, uh, Lord, you would give us clarity of mind and help us to, Lord, focus upon you and your goodness and the love that you have for yours and those that, uh, Lord, are lost tonight and uh, need uh, a uh, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, bless this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. Paul writing to the uh, church at Thessalonica and the Thessalonians and telling uh, them of his comfort uh, when he could not come but sent Timothy to know of their faith and how they were doing. Uh, Timothy comes back with a positive report of their faith to which Paul is joyous of that. Uh, you read the account over in Acts chapter 17 and you can see that Paul was at Athens and uh, Acts chapter 17 is where you have Paul uh, preaching on Mars Hill and he's uh, preaching there to those folks and uh, telling them of their need for repentance. And uh, I think you had the uh, Stoics and the Epicureans there and all those that were uh, part of that. And they were uh, pretty much mocking Paul and telling him uh, that there wasn't, why was he preaching this, that he was basically just a babbler and uh, uh, somebody that didn't know what he was talking about. But uh, we, we come back, we have Timothy here, and he comes back and tells Paul of the good report and the, how the church at Thessalonica is doing. And we learn what joy and comfort comes through the holy living of believers in Christ. While things weren't going well for Paul where he was at there in Athens, he hears a good report of a church and those that are doing well uh, in another portion uh, of the of the country there. The encouragement that is, is to Paul to hear of their faith and encourages him to live for now knowing that his labor has not been in vain. And we get to our text verse there as we uh, see, and he says, for now. And I'm going to break down this verse in a couple different parts here tonight and uh, try to uh, see if I can... Uh, get you to understand and help me to understand what it means to have good living now. 
living good now. We, we, we talk about uh, things are good and, and how are you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good. And uh, well, what's it mean to be doing good? And Paul uh, tells <clears throat> the Thessalonians here, he says, for now. And for now, the, the first part of that verse, the first two words, he's talking about today, for now, in the present. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but for now. And many folks are living in yesterday. They're living in the past and the things that uh, have been done there. And uh, uh, some are living in what uh, tomorrow holds. History is our teacher and tomorrow is in God's hands. What you have is now. And we live in the present here and now. And it matters now what we do for Christ. And uh, uh, it doesn't matter what I've done in my past as far as those things that are there. They are a good testimony. It's good to have a good testimony in the Lord. But I can't live in the things that I've done in the past or the things that I'm planning on doing in the future. I live in the here and now. And Paul said that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We live today. You live in the present today. And we ought to live as Christians uh, that way. Uh, I think in, in this portion of Scripture for now might even suggest that uh, this is not permanent in its context. For the, you know, <clears throat> for the moment, uh, if you'll do what I tell you, then there's something positive that's forthcoming on the backside of this. For now, if you live and if you obey and your steps are ordered by the Lord and you do the things that you need to do, then there's something positive on the backside of that. You know, it's true that if we believe and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, that we'll spend an eternity with Him. And that's great. And uh, I pray tonight that everybody under the sound of my voice, everybody that's listening through live stream, that they've trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ and what He's done for them. But for now is what I should fasten my eyes upon and what I'm doing. We need to worry about what we're doing now, not what's going to happen tomorrow, what we've done before, but for now, what am I doing for Christ? Christ? And what am I going to do uh, uh, in the days ahead? I can't undo the past. Uh, we just learn from it we, and we try to rewrite the bad portions of the past that are there. And many times uh, uh, we have things that are there, but uh, God is faithful. He'll forgive us of the things that uh, we've done there and we need to move on. And what I do today can positively impact tomorrow. Remember, what you do today can impact tomorrow. It can imp it impacts your kids, it impacts your wife, it impacts your families. What I do today. So he said, for now, we live. What does it mean to live? We've got a lot of definitions of living and what it means to live and living the good life and living the things that... God's been good to me in my life. I'll just uh, stand back and say that right now. I've, I've got much more than I ever would have deserved or, 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 or ever thought that I would have in this life. And I believe it's because, I, well, I don't believe, I know it's because of the blessings of God that God has entrusted me with some things in my life because I've been faithful to Him. Faithfulness, God rewards a, a, a faithful person in Christ. Do you understand that? It doesn't mean you're going to have money. It doesn't mean you're going to live a good life. But God rewards those that uh, uh, faithfully serve Him that have a heart that want 
to serve Him. And that's living today. That's good living today. And uh, uh, we, uh, we oftentimes don't look at it that way. The Bible says that you may enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, but we don't have a God that has pleasure in wickedness. God is angry with the wicked every day is what the Bible says. He's angry with that wickedness that's there. And God is going to judge that wickedness one day. The live in this verse is action. Okay, action. There's some action that's there. For now we live, live, and living in Christ. And there's many folks today that are living, but they're not alive. They're, they're, they've got a heartbeat. They're sucking in air, and, and they're doing that, but they are dead. They're spiritually dead. They're alive from the fleshly, bodily aspect. Their heart's beating, but they're spiritually dead. They're dead. A lot of people are dead from the neck up. You, you, I remember that. Uh, uh, you remember there's one that said that if you're dead from the neck up, you're what? You're a meathead. You're a meathead. And uh, uh, there, there's people today that are dead that way. They, they're, they're not alive. And, and they're not living. Uh, uh, you, you want to live now. The Bible says that we must be born again, first of all. To, to be alive. Some are just residing for the time being. They're just there. We're just uh, taking up space. The Bible says that a man without Christ who has not been quickened is dead in his trespasses and sins. And to live is to live in Christ. Uh, <clears throat> we have that verse in the Bible, uh, and we often use There are many Christians that uh, use that verse. Well, I'm occupying until the Lord comes. Well, yeah, you're occupying all right. But if you go and you read the context of that, the parable of the pounds in Luke 19, uh, <clears throat> occupy till I come, the servants were performing business with the possessions that God had given them. They were occupying, but they were doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ. He had given them ten, he had given them five, and he had given them one. And all of them had a, an opportunity to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of them had an opportunity. We all have the opportunity to do something for Jesus Christ. Now you can take your ten and turn it into ten. You can take your five and turn it into five. Or you can take your one and bury it in the backyard and do what you want. But God is not going to be pleased with that, folks. We heard a message this morning from the gentleman that was there that told us that we needed to be out uh, busy about. We had several that were out busy about today. You need to be out busy about during the week that you've got the opportunities. You heard two good messages last week about uh, uh, the Lord is good on the Sunday morning. You heard the message on Sunday night about uh, those the besetting sins that we have, uh, the blind spots that we have in our life, and, and the things that we need, the battles that we face in our life. We hear these messages. They're food for your soul and you need to take those messages and apply them to your life. Now, I'm not going to re I may not remember those messages a month or two from now, everything about them, but you ought to take them. They ought to nourish your soul for the time being and you be able to use those to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not as babes in Christ. You ought to uh, seek the, the, the meat of the word that's there desire uh, uh, the things that God has given us. We hear some good preaching. You hear the things that are there. You're around people that encourage you in the faith and use us. If we live, for now we live, for now we live. He says, 
for now we live if ye. You know, I don't like that little word if. Uh, if it is one of those uh, words of the English uh, language that I don't like. And it's conditional or it's suppositional in its context that's there. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, work oftentimes has a lot of what ifs in it. Uh, the things that we do in life. Uh, I'm more realistic. I like black and white. Just tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what, tell me what the problem is and, 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 and I'll, I don't give me the ifs. Give me what, what, what we need to do and I'll get it done and those type of things. Folks come to me that way all the time and say, well, what if this happens or what if we do it this way or what if? And I don't like living in that realm of what ifs. But uh, you want the blessings of, that God can give. He says you want to live now. Well, it's conditional. Whether I like it or not, it's conditional. Mike, if you want to live today, if ye, I've got to do something. There's, there's some conditions that are associated with that. And uh, while you're not uh, required to gain or earn your salvation, the Bible says that we are to work out our salvation with joy and trembling. And the joys that come from salvation are conditional. You know, I, you can have joy in your salvation. There's too many that sit in the church pew tonight that come to church. Uh, it, it's almost like they, you've got to pull them in here and kick them and, and, and get them to come. And they're, 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 it, it, it's something that they have to do. Well, you don't have to do it. But God didn't have to go to the cross and die for you either, but he did. We, we ought to come to church for what the, the Lord has done for us, for how good he's been to us. The Lord is good all the time. We know that how good he's been to us. We know what he's kept us from. We know how he's blessed us. And we ought to be joyous in what he's uh, done. You can live a joyous life in Christ or you can be a man most miserable. I choose to ha have joy. I choose to walk through those doors with joy. You know, you get up every morning and choose uh, uh, what kind of day you're probably going to have. You do. You choose it yourself. And, and we oftentimes, there, there's, there's things that come into our life that can change that. But you choose how you're going to react to those things. And I choose uh, to have the joy of Christ down in my heart in order that I can get through those things. For now we live if what? If ye. That means it's an individual decision. It's an individual decision. It's about you. It's, it's not about Kim. It's not about Andrew. It's not about Lily. It's not about any of those others. It's about Mike. I choose how I want those things to be. Uh, it doesn't say anyone else. It's dependent upon you to do that. And God gives, I, I, I thank God that he gives me the liberty to choose in that regards. I can choose Christ. You have the opportunity to choose Christ as your Savior or not. You can reject Him, but you're going to uh, uh, fall under the condemnation that's there if you choose to reject Him. And But we can choose to have joy in our Christian life as well. For now we live if you what? If you what? There's always uh, something on the back end. It's, you know, it's like a kid at Christmas or uh, other time getting a present for their birthday or something. And they're like, well, what am I getting? What am I getting? Well, you're getting a, a bag of coal and some switches this year for the way you've, uh, uh, the way you've been. Uh, can't wait to know. 
And then all of a sudden, when you do know what you're getting, that there's a, but if you do this, you'll get this. There's some conditions tied to it. And uh, we let the air out of the bubble, so, so to speak. And to live, you got to do something to exert some energy. You know, good things come to those that do work. You know that? Our society doesn't believe in that anymore. But uh, those that will labor, uh, uh, good things come to those. Things that uh, there's some joy that you can have in that. My parents taught me that over the years. A little labor, uh, uh, doing something, earning something by the sweat of your brow and make a man out of you. It'll teach you some things about life. It'll teach you to be a good steward of the things that you've got. God gives you an opportunity to do some things. You'll be a good steward of it. When you invest your life in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and by the sweat of your brow, you see kids come in here, and you see people get saved, and then you see people fall away, that ought to burden your heart to see those things that are there and the falling away of some of those. And, and, and that ought to bother you if ye... And don't blame that on others. You can blame that on those uh, two individuals that are at the beginning of the Bible, and that's Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve. He said, By the In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return to the ground. So it's not anybody's fault, but uh, uh, those two that are there. So we see that um, by man's sin entered into the world by one man, and, and we've got to live with that. But thank God that I've got a Redeemer tonight, and I know that uh, <clears throat> that I've trusted Him as my Savior, and I'm going to do what? For now, if we live, we stand fast. That means that we put the armor of God on tonight. That means that our, lo- our loins are girt about with the truth, our bless- uh, the breastplate of righteousness that we have on. Our feet are shod with the gospel of peace tonight. We have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit that God gives us. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. He says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. Stand fast means encompasses far more than just standing and watching it post. Stand fast means that you're busy about the Lord's business, doing the things that God has called us to do. We've all got a job to do in that. And uh, while we're commanded to do those things, there's labor and toil involved in those. And you can see where Paul was laboring and toiling. And he saw that the church at Thessalonica was doing those things and their faith was still strong and it was an encouragement to him. How many times is it an encouragement for me when I get a text from one of those guys from Solomon or I get something from one of the, the other guys that are over on the mission field and things are going good and there's souls that are being saved and there's the, uh, God is working in the lives of other Christians that are out there. It's an encouragement to me to keep going on. It's an encouragement to me to give. It's an encouragement to me to pray for those folks. That's why you ought to get involved with a missionary and stay in contact with somebody. Just pick one of them. We got 140, uh, 30 or 40 of them. Pick one of them and get involved with one of them because they will encourage your heart in the Lord. And we oftentimes don't look at it that way. 
I texted uh, <clears throat> Brother Lyman. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about Brother Lyman. I'll tell you, I, I just about couldn't stand that guy when he first came. When he came back there, I remember that night that he came back there and he smacked that pew right in front of me. He took that cane and I thought, man, this guy is an absolute moron. He's a jerk. And, uh, and I told him, I've told him this story, so he, he, he don't care. And, uh, <clears throat> and I didn't like him. He come another time or two and I still didn't like him. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> but after a while there, when he came back two or three times before and I saw, and I, <clears throat> and I sure wouldn't want it to happen to me, but he lost his wife and I saw what God had done in his life. And what a tremendous burden that must have been on that man. And it, I, I was like, but I saw that God had changed some things there. And you could tell it in the way he preached. You could tell it in the way he talked to you and the things that was done. And I had to ask God to forgive me for having an attitude, uh, unchristian, non-Christian attitude about somebody. I'm supposed to love my brothers in Christ. He was, he was just as saved the time before when his wife was alive as when, as when she had passed. But man, I had a bad attitude about him. And I had to change that attitude. And God will change those type of things in your life when you want to stand fast in the Lord and you want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. That was sin in my life I had to get rid of. And we don't look at sin that way. We don't. We 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 look at sin. We we encompass it in all the sins that we think are going on outside the doors and drugs and alcohol and smoking and 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 all that. But there's sin in the way you think and the opinions that you have about people, the opinions that you uh, have about those that you serve with, and they hinder you and they hinder the body of Christ and they hinder God's word going forward. And they hinder, that hindered me. And I didn't even realize it. But God used uh, those opportunities. And I told him. I looked him right dead in the eye and told him that. And, and, and God, I, I think God blesses those signs. That's where you've got to humble yourself before the Lord. God is my, is my king. He is the one that, that I serve. And God wasn't pleased with where my heart was at with that kind of stuff. And you've got to get some of those things right. You need to humble yourself under his mighty hand and let God, and then God will uh, put you to where you need. He'll exalt you to where you need to be. And we oftentimes don't look at it from that. You know, the Lord is our sustenance. He says in the last part of that verse, in the Lord. The Lord is our sustenance and our substance of, of life and so much more. It's real to those who genuinely love the Lord. You can, you can sense when somebody has a, a genuine love for the Lord and, and maybe somebody uh, playing it. You know, I'm in the Lord and the Lord is in me. That's the way it ought to be. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's some substance about you. There's, some, there's something there that's real. You know, you like real mayonnaise, don't you? Uh, <clears throat> I don't like mayonnaise, but uh, I like Miracle Whip. That's fake. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, you like the real things. And, <clears throat> you know, you like things that are authentic. 
you like things. They're worth more money, aren't they? Uh, you, you know, I, uh, Flick comes in here all the time and brings me them bubblegum uh, machine knives he's got, and then I give him good case knives, and I, and I always end up on the wrong end of the deal. But we like things that are real and authentic. How about being real and authentic in your worship of the Lord Jesus Christ? Christ knows you. Christ knows your heart tonight and where you're at and whether you're standing fast in the Lord. For now, we live if we stand fast in the Lord. Christ has manifested himself so many times in my life and allowed me to live and him to live through me. I I look at it as a criminal case sometimes and uh, <clears throat> following the evidentiary materials all the way through my life, I see where he shows up over and over and over in my life to save me from a potential pitfall or allow me to go into that pitfall to teach me something that I need to be taught about his word. He shows me his mercy. He shows me his grace. He shows me his love for me. It's in the Lord that we find peace when there's no peace around us. It's in the Lord that we find happiness when no one around us seems to be happy. It's in the Lord that we find love when it seems like no one in the world loves us. It's in the Lord that we can find joy when the world around us has taken all our joy. It's in the Lord that we find all these things. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. You know, you see all the slogans. Life is good. He who dies with the most toys wins. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Live every day like it's your last. Those are all the world's philosophy. For now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. That ought to be your slogan. Your slogan ought to be a Bible verse. Your slogan ought to be what Christ has done for you. You ought to reverberate that to those that are around you. But to really live and leave an inheritance that is incorruptible to those around us is to stand fast in the Lord. I pray tonight, if you're not saved, that you would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I think I can look across the crowd. Most uh, <clears throat> would say that they're saved. And if you are saved, it's time to start living by standing fast in the Lord. We need to put away some of those things that are there. We need to ask God to forgive us of some of the sins that we've got in our life and run the race and finish our course in the Lord's lane and not our own lane. You can't undo yesterday. You can't undo this morning. But what you can do is start now. Because Paul said, for now, for now, you live in the present, folks. I wish I could get, I deal with it on a daily basis. I wish I could get a lot of folks just to see that it doesn't matter. It matters now what you do. Now, now will change tomorrow. You're not going to change it tomorrow. Procrastination is probably one of the biggest sins that we have. We procrastinate in things. And I would encourage you, whatever you have to do, now is the time to do it. Father, we love you tonight.
We thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to learn from it and glean something from it in our lives. Lord, we need to use it so much more. Help us to love it and, uh, Lord, cherish what you've given unto us. Lord, life is uh, but a vapor. It uh, <clears throat> appears for a little while and it vanishes away. And God, what we do in this life for you is all that's going to stand and what's going to matter. I pray that you would help us as your children to get some things right, Lord, to remember uh, the things that you've done for us and uh, God, uh, uh, how you keep us. And uh, but <clears throat> the Bible says, being confident of this thing, he that had prepared uh, it, it will perform, done a good thing for us, will perform it even unto the uh, day of Christ. And Lord, you've done a good thing in us, and you're going to perform something even greater in us if we allow. Now, I pray that you bless the remainder of the service. And as we pray for those that need prayer tonight and those that need to get something right with you, I pray that they would do it. It's in Jesus' name I make my prayer. Amen.